So here we are, Start a Business Q&A episode 255, and uh, it's amazing to be here. Lots to talk about, lots to talk about an announcement, uh, a giveaway, uh, a second announcement slash product launch, and uh, yeah, uh, so much to cover. I hope you're well. Um, Here in the UK, we're experiencing a wonderful, um, wonderful heat wave so it's kind of full on at the moment and uh, uh i just i'm pumped about this session i'm really looking forward to it thank you everyone jumping in already over on instagram uh, amazing to see you all here and i am live also on facebook and linkedin as well so if you're watching right now do jump in and share on the uh on the stream where you're watching from if you're part of hashtag team live or hashtag Team Replay, just checking in to make sure that we're live properly where I should be. That's good. And uh, yeah, so so an AMA today, at the very least, the Q&A is an AMA. So make sure you share if you have any question at all. Wow, you guys, you guys like to submit questions when uh, when there's a hundred quid, a uh, hundred dollars uh, as a prize for it. So thank you very much to those of you who have done that. I'm really uh, excited about sharing them. So where do I start? There's so much to talk about. I'm really pumped about this. Uh, Polina, amazing seeing you, uh, seeing you here from Russia. Uh, Dush Pesic, uh, Ian Tiska is here. AJL, AJ, AJ, uh, underscore Prasad as well. J21 Coaching, good to see you here as well. Thank you for all watching on Instagram. And uh, I'm just checking in to see who else is watching on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. Make me clearly aware where you're watching from. I'd love to see uh, what parts of the world we've got here. We've got Anna as well watching from Stockholm. I just saw you posted, uh, Anna. I'm going to watch your video in a minute as well. I reckon what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 questions already from people. If you submit a question and I feel it's the best question, you get $100 today. Uh, nothing wrong with giving away a bit of cash uh, to the best uh, question askers. Uh, so thank you very much in advance, those of you asking away. So. What should we do? Should we start with an announcement or a product launch or a question? Well, let's start with a question. But this is 255. This is 255. Five weeks, for some of you watching for the first time, you're like, what's the guy so excited about? What's going on? Five weeks ago, I announced that this week would be a major announcement. Um, those of you watching for the first time, this is episode 255. So we've been doing this five weeks short of five years now, this live show every single Monday. Uh, I have been present through Facebook and Instagram and, and more recent years, LinkedIn, uh, doing a live show uh, for that amount of time, but producing content and so on and so forth for you know seven or eight years now. So there's a huge amount going on. Uh, that I've uh, that I've been kind of involved with throughout the years, and I'm very much consistent king. That's my thing: is being consistent and showing up every week and doing uh, doing what I do and not dropping any weeks or anything like that. So the announcement today will be a major pivot for me and a big change, um, and I'm pumped to share it. I've shared it with two people. I've got apart from my family, two people uh, uh, who are working, who are on the team, who are working on this uh, change altogether. But let's start, shall we, with a question. Why not ask, uh, start with a question. And those of you watching right now, let's see who else we've got. So Anna is watching from Stockholm. We have, uh, James, a man watching from County Down in Ireland. We also have, uh, Venetia Reddy watching from, uh, South Africa. We have Paul watching from upstate New York. Good to see you here as well. Uh, Go Go Richard says Anna, awesome. So yeah, watch. Let us know where you're watching from right now, and if you're part of hashtag hashtag Team Live or hashtag Team Replay. If you want to submit a question in the comments, do so. Best question today will get a hundred dollars. Let's start with uh, a question at random. Spencer Collins here in the UK asked uh, through LinkedIn, I think. Uh, he said that's awesome because I'm doing this announcement today. Uh, putting closed caption captioning into video. Did it help you engage more audience, likes, and followers? I don't know, is the answer. The reason why is from the start, my videos had captions on. That's just what I did. And um, 
it's fortuitous that I did because I think uh, I didn't know at the time that it was so important to put captions in. However, I do, I have retrospectively learned that, you know, a huge majority of video is is viewed without audio on. And so it's kind of mad. It's always weird to me when people have a video uh, and they're like yabbering away and you can't hear what they're saying. Most people have the sound off when they watch a video that's been proven. So it's stupid to spend time making videos and not having captions on it. And um, I personally, so Spencer is a big advocate for, for this kind of accessibility because he is hard of hearing, you see. And for those who are deaf or hard of hearing, it's not cool. <laughs> if you're a content creator making videos, it is not cool to uh, omit captions when it's so simple to do um, nowadays. Even live, these live streams have captions built in algorithmically. So it's important to have that in there if you've, you know, to bake them in if you're doing a recorded video. Even as someone who doesn't have such issues, uh, I can hear perfectly fine. It annoys me when I have a video come up and I have to flick on sound. It sounds ridiculous. These just a simple thing. But in the main, I don't listen to, I don't watch videos with sound on because I just don't. So, so like even me, who is able of able hearing or whatever the term might be, I still, I still actually list. I actually watch with the sound off. So you don't get as much of my my interest if the sound is off. I may be a minority, but I think that that's the case for most. So. Um, I don't know is the answer because I never did it any other way. But uh, without question, I think you're accessing more people. So it would be mad to say that you don't. I think it augments it for those, even with the sound on, seeing the captions, it helps you access what's going on that much more. You don't miss that much because, because the captions are in there. So a really good question to kick us off. Those of you joining in right now, let us know where you're watching from. What city are you in? And then are you part of hashtag team live or hashtag team replay uh, over on in Barcelona. <laughs> we have Kyoko. Tell us your secret. There's big announcements, two big announcements today. Uh, we also have um, here is watching from Bangalore. My man, Anthony English, watching from Sydney. Speaking of Australia, I've just got off the phone with, uh, or off the phone in 2021, of course, means the Zoom chat, with uh, my man, Derek Mildred. Uh, king of data around LinkedIn. And he's just, he's the man behind the LinkedIn rising stars lists. And uh, watch out for the video coming probably later this week uh, with him. Some really great insights. And uh, we ended talking lots about Ferraris, which is good fun at the end. I don't know if that'll be in a video or not. We'll have to see. Another question, Bill, Bill Dolan asks, when considering the most successful business models, what's the typical energy balance between sales focus and marketing focus, look, both need to be there. It's interesting because my first business, the first business I worked for was so sales heavy. It was unreal. It was like a warehouse. Imagine Wolf of Wall Street, but without the vices, let's say, it, most of them. It was, it was like a warehouse full of 100 salespeople and a couple of admin staff, and that was it. And there was nothing else, no marketing at all. I feel as a business starts, it should be much more sales heavy because you need cash flow. And what happens is as you evolve you and build a brand and reputation, especially if you do that right, you will evolve to a point where sales becomes not a secondary function, but should be in the shadow. And this is coming from a sales led person, should be in the shadow of a very robust marketing um uh, approach because actually great marketing closes for you. It really does. Um, depending on the product though, of course, uh, Bill, because you need to help people get over the line. Um, and sometimes with certain propositions, marketing won't be enough and you need to just kind of, as I say, I help them over the line. My propositions rely for 95% on the marketing and the sales call they're essentially sold already. And I have this saying, which is sell to the, those who are sold already. And so the sales, ultimately you get to a point, ideally where the marketing does it themselves and they choose to buy and it's kind of all in place. So it's interesting, I, I, I read a lot, which is probably why, um, not Bill, Gre Greg rather, sorry, it was Bill, uh, asked this question. It's, it's interesting because I read a lot about different businesses and how they do these kind of things. And what's clear is by not the end, but by the point where they're being exceedingly successful, it's clearly led by really exceptional marketing um, and they might have great sales. But I've been in businesses where they are epic salespeople, but weak marketing. And you just get this Groundhog Day feeling every day, every week, every month. And it's constantly knocking on new doors and starting at zero and starting at zero. I don't feel 
even for me, I don't feel like I'm starting at zero all the time simply because I have, um, I just have like the, the weight of good marketing behind me. The attraction is there and people, you know, keep coming at me. So it makes a big difference. Um, uh, really good question, uh, Bill. Thank you for that. So uh, let's ask, I'll answer one more question and then I'll share the first announcement. Uh, Juma is watching from Trinidad and Tobago. Amritha is also watching from Ireland over in Dublin, though. You should connect with James Perry. Uh, Tamara is watching from Kingston in Jamaica. A bunch of you watching on Instagram, including someone who's uh, uh, asked a question here. I'm from India. I create websites and applications. Which platforms do you think are helpful to reach people abroad and create potential clients? It depends, my man. Like, so it may well be uh, actually that you need to think about LinkedIn, uh, a GIF, but it could also be that something like Facebook is more your flavor, depending on what the apps are, are, are all about. It's a lot of people suggest that the likes of Fiverr are a good place for that kind of thing, but you've got to think about context and conditioning. If I go to Fiverr, for many, Fiverr is the place where it's cheap. Um, and therefore not high quality. Not always, but the, in the main, that's the way it's been viewed in terms of the services. If you want premium, you need to go somewhere else, again, is the general view. Um, and so it may well be that if you, if, you, if you look at conditioning, what I mean by this, Ajith, is how is it that people would re receive you in different contexts, then what's going to paint you in the right right kind of uh, light as premium. So I'm presuming you want to come across as premium and, and like best in class. For instance, if I was to write emails to people saying, hi, I create websites and applications or even sharing detail on them, emails are received in a particular way uh, when I'm offering that kind of service. When I do a more premium level of value add uh, through content on, say, LinkedIn, I'm viewed through a slightly more credible uh, light. And I think content-led makes sense for, some, for an industry such as yours, where it's absolutely saturated by, by farms of people just banging out cheap, low-quality websites and apps. And so to look better than the mo than most, you need to stand out. And the standing out part is, is quality content, not trying to sell, but drawing an audience and community of people who feel, do you know what? This guy, Jith, really knows what he's doing and knows what he's talking about. So starting on content, if you're doing business websites, for instance, well, then you really should be on LinkedIn. That makes a lot of sense. Just intuitively, that's the place to be, but you should be content-led. Um, and I'm mentioning that as a play because there are other platforms to social, including email and including adverts, for instance, and I, do, I feel that organic content on LinkedIn makes sense. I'm slightly biased, but also I'm right. That's something like what you do. Some of the clients I have in my accelerator who, who do websites crush it because they share the kind of behind the scenes side of things. It really makes a big difference to the audience's trust. Uh, that really goes a long way. So that, that would be my suggestion uh, uh, to you. Uh, Jennifer's watching from Team York, New York, uh, Light Team Live even from New York. Uh, Long King is watching from Delhi in India. Gary Frey says, good job. And we have Alberta Alain, I believe her name is, uh, from Atlanta. Nice to have you watching on uh, LinkedIn. Let's do an announcement. Not the big announcement yet. You can hold on a bit longer, right? We waited for five weeks. Wow, it's gonna be, I feel like excited. I genuinely do. Because it's a, the reason why I feel excited about sharing this is because even if I wasn't sharing it with you lot, it's um, when you do something for a long time, you know, when, and obviously I've changed and evolved and added components to my world. When you make a big change, it's new and it makes you feel that combination of excited and, and apprehensive as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Uh, the announcement then, uh, not the big announcement, but the launch. As some of you know uh, about, well, it will have been 50 weeks ago this week, I started my LinkedIn client accelerator. 50 weeks is ridiculous, almost a year old. 66 join, uh, people and businesses have joined so far. I'm thrilled with it. It is not a community. It is a family. And I don't say that lightly. It's such an amazing bunch of people. 
every week, multiple people sharing, because the whole point of the, the accelerator is to help people with conversion, to get deals uh, from their content. Every single week, people are sharing with me things like, I got my first deal. I had one literally this morning uh, from someone saying, you know, uh, using words like magical to describe the, the course and getting her first deal was just wonderful to, 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 to kind of read about. People sharing that they're getting real conversion, what they, de what they deserve. And that has been a bit of a flagship product for a while. And whilst my background is sales and conversion through digital marketing, um, the accelerator has focused on LinkedIn and creating conversion via the content-led play. And there's been there was a there was always a gap. I had it, I saw it even before the accelerator, and I had my basics of sales course as well. What was What's been asked for a number of times and has been clearly uh, important to people is more treatment on the um, on the process or, or on the on the kind of the elegance of selling in general. So the accelerator focuses on the systems and things you need to know and 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 techniques and skills to convert from content through LinkedIn, but obviously it's applicable elsewhere as well. What is important on top of that, I believe, is to have more of a focus on pure sales. And that's not beating a phone or knocking on doors all day. It's the elegance required and the nuances that make all the difference. I've been selling in various guises for 18 years now. I'm really good at it. <laughs> and I've, I've sold millions of pounds of sales and thousands of deals uh, or hundreds of deals at the very least. And I do feel that it's... Um, it's important to give people um, something of a more advanced treatment. So I, I hinted at this a few weeks back, uh, probably a couple of months ago, actually, um, but I've needed to kind of tweak a few things and be in the right place for it. So I'm going to be a launching in two weeks time, the beginning of a, of a um, premium series of training called Art, the Art of Sell. You've heard of Art of War, for instance. This is the Art of Sell. And it will be focusing on it's really kind of, like I say, the, the nuances and things that aren't obvious or aren't in, you know, an article or a YouTube video about selling. It's the detail, it's the fine, fine things that make the difference. The, the elegance that, you know, wording can have on someone's belief or whether they want to buy something or not. The advanced level um, awareness of how to close, for instance. So, this is going to be the launch of the Art of Sell Part One. Part One is a two, um, two session series, and the sessions will be probably an hour, an hour and a half or so. Uh, those two sessions will be focusing specifically on closing with elegance. I have sold um, door to door, in person, over the phone, through email every type of selling and um, I've had a lot of success with it and I've helped people, corporates and individuals be very successful as, at it as well. So what I'm doing is bringing that in a kind of a distilled version uh, in these two sessions. So the specifics of the art of sell will be that there are two sessions. Part one will be the elegance of closing. I'm not advertising this on the website at all. If you want to learn more, you need to DM me, say Art of Sell, and I'll share more about that. Those tuning in just now, this is not the big announcement. This is the product launch. Um, really, this is for a lot of people saying, do you know what? How, can I have a bit more, more help around the onboarding calls I do? Can I have a bit more help around what to say and when and why? And all of these kind of things too. So asking those questions, asking me to get those questions all the time meant, you know, it, it just needs to happen. So the format will be that I coach these details, these like the things I use to close deals, but also there'll be Q and A's in there as well. You'll get access to both sessions, of course, in part one of the Art of Sell. So if you're interested, DM me, just write Art of Sell and we can talk about it. Uh, but it's very premium, this one. So this is uh, going to be a little bit smaller. Like I say, the, the people have People said have made the comparison. A lot of people get it. They're like, "Why isn't the art of sales?" It's like it's because it's, it's, there's the art of war. This is the art of sell. So there'll be a book one day, no doubt on it. I'm, I'm absolutely certain. So I'm going to do two more questions, and then there's the big announcement, which I'm 
genuinely excited and nervous about sharing with you guys. Uh, Dot Long watching on Instagram. Thank you for your support, my friend. I really appreciate you. Um, and uh, all of that uh, wonderful heart giving you're, you're giving me. Uh, James Perry has added on LinkedIn. Love the LinkedIn X Client Accelerator. It definitely is a family. Steve has said always on point. Uh, Anna has added, sounds great, Richard. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm happy with it too. Summer McAfee watching live from Texas. Damina watching live from Russia. Tebow is watching from Dubai. Panawat is watching from uh, Thailand. Amazing to have you guys all over the world. Where are you watching from right now? Uh, put in the comments below. $100 goes to the best question today. $100. I have a page of them. <laughs> when you give out money for questions, people always always ask them. So add your question in the comment if you want to uh, if you want to um, uh, have a chance of that. Joyce uh, Juice Pesic, thank you very much for the vote of confidence on Instagram as well. Two more questions, then I'm going to share the big announcement. Uh, next question is from let's choose one at random. Dr. Brian Harmon. <laughs> he said, this is your best question. What's your favorite Friends episode beside the pivot one? Because this is obviously pivoting. Uh, <laughs> Dot, thank you very much for the PayPal link in the Instagram. I want you all to share this, by the way. Put into the comments, what's your favorite Friends episode? There's a lot, for me, there's a lot of favorite moments. Um, there's one, because my favorite character's uh, Ross, just because he's hilarious. And uh, my favorite episode, Brian, I, apart from the pivot one, which is fantastic, is um, the one where he has the trousers, the leather trousers. He can't put them back on again. He has talcum powder everywhere. Just generally an absolute nightmare for him. However, <laughs> my favorite moment of all um, Friends episodes ever is when Ross and Rachel are breaking up for like the millionth time. And she says something, they, they storm into the room, the living room together. This is strange to have this on the, on the business Q&A. Um, and she says something like, um, I can't believe we'd ever thought we'd get back together again. We are so over. And he goes, oh, oh, fine by me. And the way he shouts it is absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I can never do it justice, but that's my favorite moment of all of them. So if you, if you, <laughs> if you have a favorite, if you have a favorite, I think for I'm sharing the tan incident. Yes, that's a very good one. Anna, we're on a break. Yes, that's very good as well. <laughs> I, I, I'm my wife and I are actually rewatching Friends at the moment because it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Dot Long is asked, "Where are you going in July?" In July, I am beginning the first foray out of my home office to London uh, to do some talks. So. Oxford University has a bunch of students who are doing an internship uh, in a, uh, a corporate setting in the city. Uh, I'll be doing a couple of lectures with them. Can't wait to meet them and, and uh, share some views on how they can leverage Oxford on LinkedIn and, and get the best career. A couple of other talks as well, some interesting ones uh, in-house. One in Windsor as well, home of the Queen. Happy birthday to her. Uh, so that was really cool as well. It's always nice. It's a, a couple of universities and a couple of corporates uh, I think I know we, what you're fishing for, uh, Dot, which is when am I going overseas? Uh, and I was asked this morning by my friend Patrick Ward, who's based over in L.A., who had a birthday as well. Uh, when are you coming to California? I have a niece who was born about eight months ago. I'm yet to meet. So the first place I'll probably be going is California uh, over to San Francisco. And then on to um, probably L.A. to see some friends as well. But I, I, need, I miss everyone. I want to go out uh, meeting people in person. And Dot, we will find a way, no doubt, to connect uh, in person soon as well. Uh, Dot and I are doing a series with a college in Valencia soon. I can't wait to uh, – well, I'll be virtual, but I can't wait to do that too. And we can travel together properly. Uh, Ravi Dabiru has asked Richard Moore – he said, Richard Moore, this is massive. Can't wait for the thought behind the pivot. Actually, I'm asking, I'm answering the wrong question here because he says, what are the indicators that made you decide the time has come to pivot? I will answer that in a second, I promise. Uh, uh, but let's look at the next one. Daniel Nunes, in a wounded world, so poetic, my man, in a wounded world, what can you do to impact others without getting sucked into the drama and monotonous mindsets? It's This is actually really simple in, in, in your marketing. You need to map back from the prospects outcomes. So the outcomes that your prospects want, what are they? 
Think deep here. People think they get empathy. They don't a lot of the time. Really think hard. What is it they want you to be? Who is the superhero they want you to be? But what, are, what also is the information they want? What's the kind of detail they want from you? Do they really want a soap opera? Or do they actually want someone that they feel is credible, that they can trust, and who is an expert, right? So people think oh, you should go super deep and ultra vulnerable. Often they can access that drama by watching Netflix. And yes, it's good to share vulnerability in the sense that you go deep on some stories and things like that. Uh, I had a particularly deep interview last week on on Thursday uh, with my man Ash uh, Rathord. If you watch him on um, LinkedIn, that was a really good interview. We talked a lot about my past and things that moved me to, you know, to take these steps I did. But but without question, you need to feed the outcomes that your prospects are after. Do your prospects, for instance, back on on the uh, uh, on the gist question, but earlier on, if you're going to build websites for companies, do your prospects want you really to go deep on drama and vulnerability, or do they want you to show that you're the expert, accessible emotionally? You know, you share who you are, and you you know you're open and you, you're fun. You bring personality, but do you need to go deep on the drama? The problem is it's seductive if you've got the boldness to go deep on drama on your on your content, because, of course, people love that. And you get lots of rounds of applause from people via that via engagement. But what is it serving to, to achieve? You know, you get people to kind of understand who you are. But do you really want them just to cock their head and say, oh, what a hard time you've had? Or do you want them to see you in a particular light? So think hard about what what outcome your audience or your prospects needs to see you uh, with. That's really, really crucial. Um, really good question though, Daniel. One more question, then we'll answer, then I'll speak of the uh, big announcement. Those of you tuning in right now, let us know where you're watching from. Uh, uh, Juma Bannister's favorite friends episode is the smelly cow one. Summer McAfee, I don't have a favorite friends episode, but love the new friends Lego set. Fair enough. That's good. Um, uh, Let's answer this question next. Oh, Ash has added, just join him. If you're on Facebook or LinkedIn, check out his content. And a few days back on Thursday, you'll see our interview. But Yana has, has said, um, what would you teach kids to be prepared for their working life? I think Yana, you're on Insta uh, LinkedIn, but I think I met you on Clubhouse, if I remember right, when I was chatting uh, with Chris Doe's pro groups. So that was fun. What would you teach kids to be prepared for their working life? 100%. And this is going to be biased, Yana, but... And I'm doing this already with my six and eight year old. The thing amongst many, because I have only you're, you're saying, what would you teach? I can teach them a lot of things. Let's just pick one. One thing that children need to learn about is money and more specifically how to make it. When I was born, not born, when I was a child, I was conditioned to believe that the money you get is all the money you'll have. And what that means is your pocket money equals your money. That's it. That's your money each week. And the thought of making money only existed through saving. So it wasn't making, that was just putting it in a pile. And maybe interest would happen. I've taught my oldest daughter, I think she really gets it, this, the concept of arbitrage and the concept of saying, what can I get of value and give for higher value? So she knows that she has money all around her in the sense that if she has toys, she, we were literally talking about this yesterday. If she has a toy she doesn't want to play with, so sell it. You know, if it's in good condition, you've got Facebook marketplace. I could have done it with classified ads when I was younger. Fine. But understanding about investment and understanding about, you know, arbitrage and, and, and leverage like that is a good idea. Where is that at schools? At least the treatment of how it works, because it's a fact that when we grow up, We'll need to manage our money and we're not taught it at all. Um, and one could argue schools don't have that as a responsibility as parents, but I disagree. I think it should be covered more at schools. Uh, but I think that it's essential that people understand how to make money. Um, and if you know you can make money, you have an understanding of, of what value looks like and, and what leverage looks like and so on. Well, you, well, you do hit a point where you're like, in principle, I should be able to look after myself. I should be able to 
understand that I can take things and then sell them uh, for for a higher amount than they cost me to, to obtain. And just that as a little basic, but, you know, and beyond there. So money is huge. I, I'm interested in what everyone else's opinion is on this. It's a really good question. A number, number of other things as well, you know, understanding the importance of value, the importance of um but the other big thing I think, Yana, is is like self-belief uh, in a non-touchy-feely way, like the how to how to talk to yourself and, and uh, having a having an, uh, kind of um, buy-in to what you're capable of and things like that. I think that's really crucial, too. Both of those really matter for their grown-up life, but also their working life. Really good question. Thank you for that. Ginny L, good to see you joining in. I am Big Bob. You can tell his Instagram. Good to see you watching here. Alison, awesome to have you here from Baltimore. Good to see you watching. Thank you. Do you agree with me? Self-talk's a big deal here. Absolutely. Shall we get into the big announcement? Yes. So firstly, the first product launch announcement was the Art of Sell is coming in two weeks. If you're interested, you want to learn about the elegance of closing. Part one is a two-part uh, a two session series on closing. DM me, Art of Self. I will explain more. I'll share some more details on it for you. I'm quite thirsty because it's going to be like 26 degrees here in the UK. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, the big announcement. I feel like I'm making a, a big deal of it, but it's kind of a big deal for me. So, here we go. It's episode 255 right now. In five weeks' time, my live show will be five years old. I've shown up in one way or another, but almost every single time live at this time every Monday for five years. And on episode 260, somehow we hit five years of it. And it's been like 2000 questions or thereabouts is how many questions you guys have asked over the years which is just outrageous. So firstly, you should give yourselves a round of applause. You should say thank you very much uh, uh, to each other for supporting this. I'm so thrilled that people really got behind this. So thank you. But, but also, I've evolved a lot through these years. And um, what's really important is keep a, to keep a finger on the pulse of where I can be at my best. I can get the most of my time and my actions. And the way I've been using, for instance, my uh, live streams every week is that on a Monday I do the live stream, we, we then break it down and convert it into lots of micro content and so on. Now I need to get something from my bookshelf. So you need to wait for one second and I will share it with you. Don't worry, it's some, something that's just right here. And no, I haven't written a book, uh, but I will show you this. And this will give you a little bit of a clue. So in 2018, there's a a website a lot of you may have heard of called YouTube. In 2018, they released this book called the UK Book of YouTube. Now, the UK Book of YouTube was a um, kind of a collection of 100 independent YouTubers in the UK, this one, because it's done by the UK uh, Director of Marketing for YouTube. And in there, I can't remember where I am actually, is me somewhere. And at the time, it was really exciting to see. Here we go. Here's Richard Moore. At the, they actually called me a guru, which was quite nice. At the time, it was really amazing to see this beautiful book covered in canvas and so on. And I've kept this for ever since, but I've not really done anything with YouTube. So in five weeks' time, on episode 260, that week, as I hit five years of the live stream, two things will be happening that day. One is I will be flicking the switch on the beginning of a new big push. I've hired someone to work with me on this, but a big push to build out my YouTube channel. So YouTube will be getting a very serious treatment. This is not making bids, sticking them up, that going to be elsewhere. This is natively built from the ground up YouTube videos. I have a guy who is paid and has been very successful to go through all of the stuff under the bonnet to make sure we make uh, the best success of it we possibly can. I would love you to subscribe only if you're the type that feels my kind of content is of value to you. What we don't need is subscribers because you just want to give me support and you want to say, you know, good luck with it all. I want sub subscribers if, if you're going to watch it. The content there will be a lot more of a deeper dive than the short videos I provide 
on uh, channels such as LinkedIn and, and Instagram and so on. It'll be much more robust with a lot more going on in terms of explaining the details behind sales and marketing. But there's a second part to this announcement as well. One is that I'm, I'm launching this. I'm really excited about doing it. So we'll have LinkedIn, we'll have sure Facebook, we'll have Instagram, but, but YouTube will be aiming to be my big second pillar in terms of, of kind of my presence online. And uh, I'm really excited about going behind it. it. To begin with, the aim is that every Monday we will have a video going out on YouTube. So you can join me there and tune in. But the second part of this announcement is on that day in five weeks time, on the five year anniversary of this live show, I'll be flicking on the switch for the new YouTube channel, but I will be also flicking off the switch for these weekly live shows. The reason why is because the live shows have gone for a very long time, which isn't a reason to stop necessarily, but what it shows is that across the last few years, appetite for live globally is lower than it was, say, three years ago. And I feel that my time will be better deployed on the kind of content that really maximizes the use of a, of a site like YouTube. Beyond this, if you look at the way in which um, things like YouTube content is ho hosted and the kind of tail or the lifespan it has, there's a lot more value in putting quality people behind my content for things like YouTube. Because here, for instance, uh, on, on these channels, we have posts that kind of die and that's it after, say, 48 hours or so. On YouTube, they can theoretically go on for years. So there's a lot more value uh, for me in the sense that these videos will have much more of a lifespan. I'm switching off live as well because I feel that without question, robust, polished, um, produced content does far better than live, even as a series such as this. I've learned a huge amount from doing this live show and I will still do occasional lives, but the truth is the bang for buck is too low and that's hard because obviously as you grow a business, even if things are doing well and these live shows do well, it doesn't mean you should always continue things. Uh, and people find that very difficult to do sometimes. One thing I've noted is that it's really hard to kill your babies, as some people call it. But if this if, if it's not performing as it could, you've got to make a call on it. And um, for some time, live has been OK, but I feel like that time could be better deployed on LinkedIn. Ian Tisker here has asked, will you be leveraging shorts as well? 100 percent. So the whole gamut of what's provided, uh, what tools you have on LinkedIn, sorry, <laughs> YouTube is what we'll be providing. But there'll be after five weeks from now, after episode 260, there'll no longer be a live show. That'll be the end of it. Um, it's been an amazing run for five years. I don't think anyone could say I haven't done it for very long. So it's been an amazing chapter. But sometimes you've got to make big calls to move on. 2018, for instance, I made a big, big call. And after 19 years, I hung up my dobok for Taekwondo. That was to create space, to stop my academies, to create space so that I could spend time doing other things, building Entrepreneur Business Live, uh, creating room in more recent time for the, uh, on the LinkedIn Client Accelerator as well. Um, occasionally, like I say, maybe once a month, who knows, but nothing scheduled. I will be doing occasional lives because I still love doing it, but it won't be now part of my suite of uh, free content offerings. But as you'll see, and I'll put, I'll drop in the link after this show into the chat, you'll be able to see the link, the YouTube channel link. I'm gonna have to get used to saying YouTube. I say LinkedIn so much, but, but that will be where I'm gonna be putting a large amount of emphasis of my time. Really the next 12 months, the aim is to hold my breath and work hard on building the content and community there. Nothing will change elsewhere in terms of content uh, of of producing content and my presence on places like LinkedIn. But without question, um, you know, I'm not aiming. I'm not 
expecting or I'm setting my objectives low to not get anything from it in the first year. I'm just trying to build out an audience there and going very aggressive on it. So we're spending a lot of money and bringing, making sure uh, we're doing well by bringing people on. There's two people in the team who are going to be directly helping with this. So it's some really good hires I'm excited about. And hopefully I'll be put into a book like this again in the future by YouTube um, but I felt like I'd kind of not let them down, but like I, this was a really, this was a real peak for me for YouTube three years ago. And I felt like nothing really happened since then. And so I want to get back on it. And I think YouTube is an important place for me. Uh, and given my type of content, style content, it makes sense will be there. So new YouTube channel. I will post in the link, uh, the, the actual channel itself. Please subscribe if you feel that my kind of content is what you would consume, because um, if you're going to subscribe to kind of give me some support but never watch, that's no use uh, because link because uh, YouTube is keen on retention of views. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, so interested in people who actually subscribe and watch the the channel as well. Uh, Ian has added. It's been a whirlwind of five years. Seeing your growth and progress. Looking back on my own through knowing you, it's been great to be, have you alongside. Thank you uh, over on Instagram. Also on Instagram, Juice Pesic has said, "Great news. I see where you're going with this. However, I miss seeing you in this capacity. Much congratulations to you. Well deserved. There'll still be content. You know, there'll still be content. And every Monday there'll be this video instead. I love being present." And so that's what's possible with this live stream. But I'm not going to uh, continue, at least with the weekly one after the five weeks. So thank you so much for this uh, support. Ash is added over on LinkedIn. Totally see the logic behind it. YouTube content is going to rock it. I mean, the production we're going to bring, I'm really excited behind it. It's going to really look really good. And from that will be where our repurposing uh, stems for other content as well. Uh, Kyoko has added, this is amazing news. Richard, cannot watch to, wait to watch your YouTube videos. You will rock it. I, I'm sure we will with the team uh, I've built there. few more questions. I'm, I'm going to then announce the winner of the $100 for best questions. So if you feel like you want to ask a question and you want $100 today, I will wire it to you via PayPal uh, I can't use Venmo because we don't have it here in the UK, but let us know your question in uh, underneath. We will join your YouTube, uh, says uh, says Aliou. Believe that. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, next question. So let's go back to Ravi's question. What are the indicators that made you decide time has come to pivot? Hopefully you've got your answer there. The, the, the truth is that live is not, it's not algorithmic based on LinkedIn. Live in general is now culturally not where it could have been and not where it was two, three years ago. And so I'm making a call that my time will be deployed better elsewhere. It takes a, a you know, a big chunk of Monday and that time is going to be spent instead producing content that has longer life on YouTube, on a platform that will consume the content better in my opinion. Um, so that, that's one of a few of the reasons why that's the nature of the, of content and, and the amount of time it actually gets on online is, is a really, is a really big factor in this. So, uh, uh that's why, uh, Ian has added, uh, what was your favorite aspect of going live? So consistently, my favorite aspect was having people show up and ask questions out of the blue. I love it. And there's nothing that beats someone asking question, question randomly. Like I said, we've asked, it's been like 2000 questions. I cannot think of a single question I didn't answer in some capacity. Uh, maybe the answer's not always perfect, but I, <clears throat> it's been really wonderful to do that every week. Um, RT has said, how exciting. What do you have to unlearn as an entrepreneur to make an impact in your business and marketing? What do you think? Really interested in hearing your opinions. What do you have to unlearn to make an impact in your business and marketing as an entrepreneur? I think one thing to unlearn is that the so, that social media is the be all end all. And I'm a digital marketer first in terms of how I uh, uh, get my message out. Um, when I pulled back a bit from simple time on social and made it as important intentional as possible, I won so much more because I was setting specific time aside to engage with people publicly, specific time set aside to engage with people privately, and specific time set aside to share content and bring um, a contribution to, to my community, for instance. And I think that 
unlearning that you just got to be there all the time is really important. Um, that's made a really big impact. There's a number of other things as well, I suppose. Um, but I think the other thing is that we're told a lot that you should be learning nonstop courses and books and things like that. And I'm a big advocate for it. But you have to, you realize when you start really hitting your numbers and doing well in in terms of whatever measure of success you you defined as good, um, that you, you were over learning at times. For many, they got their nose in a book too much. For many, they're on courses and thinking and planning and, and spectating too much, when in fact, you're far more effective on the pitch and learning directly. Like I said in the interview last week with Ash on Thursday, you know, I have two degrees both in history, neither in his, no, neither in business or anything like that. I've learned as I've gone along 90% by doing and small amount by by reading books and doing courses and so on. And for me, I think that that's something that we need to be wary of. And we are probably conditioned that it's wise to pick up lots of books and do lots of courses. But maybe that's just the kind of the polemic we, we're thrown at, that's thrown at us through adverts and things like that. James Perry, you've asked, what should you send uh, as a follow-up DM if there's been no response to your initial DM? They know you're chasing, probably. But remember that 90% of deals required, so closed deals, 90% of all the business you ever did, required to some degree, some form of a follow-up. So you should do a follow-up, you're right, but you'll probably find that um, it's wise to approach them slightly kind of from an angle. So rather than, hey, I'm just chasing, what do you think? It depends on the relationship a lot, but it's often better just to gently place yourself back on their radar. So if that person has any activity online, so go in there and engage with that, puts you back on the radar or ask them something else. Send them a message about, message about something else, you know, hope they had a good weekend or whatever it might be. Just get on their radar, but maybe with something a little more novel than, hey, just chasing. So you're not, you know, it's not like, oh, this guy's badgering me because you don't want to run any risk of, of kind of turning them off a bit by, because if some people feel, for instance, if someone's had a bad experience that morning with someone pushing them and then you show up with, hey, just chasing, well, that transfer that irritation onto you. But if you come along with something slightly different, maybe you allude to a joke you made when you, when you spoke to them last or something that they've done or just simply something different. It gets you on their radar, James, and that's usually the better approach, in my opinion. So they remember, they remember you, they answer the point, the question, and then they're like, oh, by the way, yeah, I was thinking about this thing last week. Let's talk a bit more about it, please. So whatever it is, I feel like going in with something novel or slightly left of centre or right of centre reason why you're uh, uh, reaching out to them, other than, you know, hey, will you tell me if you want to do it yet? It's just a fairly... Um, clever way of doing it, just being a bit more novel instead. Um, Foran Brown has asked, I'm super excited about this. What que Big question for me, what's the curve of patience? I'm just crossing off the ones I've done. Curve of patience versus profit profitability look like? I know both are needed for a successful business. Look, patience has always got to be there, but you need to start at the very beginning with your business. I know you run a recruitment business, bringing women into engineering. Um, the start should always be cash flow, always, because without it, your business is nothing. And there's too much polishing by most people who don't need polishing. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you cannot, should always just be clunky and ugly and just like this ugly approach, just making some cash to start with. Yes, some businesses require a level of polish. Typically, those who work in design, for instance, need to have a level of polish. But in the main, you need to be on the pitch disproportionately focusing on cash flow. So polish is the second, is secondary. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because, because a lot of people are patient because they're doing other stuff. Um, but in fact, what you should be doing is being a little bit un impatient uh, it, with yourself if you're not on the pitch and attempting to work on prospecting. Um, I think you you need to be, you need to be like, on the pitch, live, going for it, looking for deals um, first and foremost, 
uh, and then you can then you can do other things like patience. Patience is important always, but patience can kind of patience around bigger things can come later on. So, for instance, doing a YouTube channel it's going to require a lot of patience now. I'm not going to get overnight success on YouTube, but it will take time. So I need to have patience with that. Uh, imagine doing that as the first act. It wouldn't make sense. Profitability should be coming as first as possible. So the way you do this is like, loosely speaking, job one is make sure you can feed yourself and live. And the business, the, the saying is as long as the business can wipe its own face, that's fine. So as long as it can live, now you can afford to be patient. As long as you can survive, you can afford to be patient. I think impatience is a good idea to start with, as long as it doesn't translate to how you engage with people at the beginning. Impatience is crucial if you've got a bit of saving. I had a tiny bit of savings when I when I left corporate to start my business. And if I had too much patience, I would have used up all those savings. Instead, I had massive impatience and focused on getting deals through the door because then I could I can afford to be a patient when I can feed myself and when I can pay the bills and so on. So patience you need from the start, but just before really is at the very, very start. You need to just get deals in as fast as possible. So hope that helps. It's a really good question. Um, Goltam Manrel has said a uh, question for you. How did you start your career? My career started 2002 when I was selling online marketing. Started by accident, actually, uh, Goltam, um, because I was trying to get funding for my PhD and I didn't get funding for it. So I, I had to get a job. Um, I was meant to be an academic. I wanted to write papers, do lectures at university. It turns out I, I express myself through content and I lecture at universities anyway, which is kind of cool. Um, but, but it started as, as I wanted to do my PhD. My master's had just completed. I'd written my thesis, which was the platform for the PhD. I didn't get funding, so I needed a job. And the rest is history. And I always thought, always at the start, I thought I'll be going back to the, I just need to get a job for now. Maybe I can last myself a few months or a year, defer the PhD and start back. And now it's 2021, <laughs> you know, time flies. And, and, and the, so I started the career, career, literally, I went, I slept on my sister's sofa in Enfield, North London for two weeks looking for um, a flat and, um, and getting a job. And the first interview I took was like, I literally started at zero. I was like, wait, now I need to learn London and where things are. I need, so I looked for a flat for two weeks, which took me ages to get one. And the first interview I took, I just took the job. Um, and that was this, this one where it was selling internet marketing. So I'm so pleased because when we all joined, I remember there was 17 of us. And on the first day, they drew a line down the middle of the room and one side went to sell adverts in print publications and the other side sold adverts in their newer arm which was online and had you know these marketing portals and so we did ads and, and marketing and stuff like that and luckily I was on the second side so I, I mean it would have been very difficult work, different ride if I'd been selling ads uh, in, in publications so that's what happened and then the rest uh, was from there, about 10 years in corporate. Then I pivoted out 2013. And here I am today doing this and telling you about a brand new YouTube channel. Who would have thought uh, uh, that would have happened? A couple more questions. Then let's finish. Greg Brenner, congratulations on your pivot. Whatever it is you do, you'll do well. Thank you very much, mate. The question is, what's the most frequent cause of stress? This is interesting. What most frequent cause of stress from new clients that come to you that they come to you with and what's actually the easiest thing to fix and then he adds do you want my bank account for the paypal link and we'll have to see um <laughs> without question for me but that's based on my marketing so it will be biased that the number one um the frequent cause of stress from people i i uh, I, I i work with is conversion it's because there's this one frustration point which is how do i convert i'm frustrated because I work hard on content. I produce content all the time. I'm sold that I need to go viral or get a big following or whatever, or that the, just the content will convert to deals. How, do, why am I not getting that? And what they learn is that conversion is something to, that you can learn. You don't need loads of people engaging with content. You just need the right people to engage and you need to know what to do and what to say. And that solves the problem. So that is one, but Greg, I'm going to add a second that, that, one of the 
most frustrating things and one of the, the biggest issues for people in terms of a frequent cause of stress is, and this has been without exception, and this is seven or eight years, 2013, so like eight years now of working with, with startups and business people online, the there has never been someone who hasn't expressed some form of imposter syndrome. It's really interesting. I have it, you have it, everyone has it. Imposter syndrome is the thing that manifests all the time for people, especially when they're trying to run a business or build something new. I have it about the art of sell I'm rolling out. I have it about YouTube. I have it about even my own accelerator course, which has been a really good product. It's been a really a, a, a good addition to my lineup. Um, and I've done it for almost a year now. So there's always imposter syndrome and working around that. Because the truth is people have a lot of help here and there or read books about imposter syndrome. There's no fix. It's always there in the background. But the best, I mean, you're asking, well, what's the most easiest thing to fix? The easiest thing to fix within imposter syndrome is is the belief in it you'll still have it but you don't believe it that much where and the, the way to you, you fix that isn't by being told wonderful things like you can do it from a bunch of supporters it's by getting validation from the people buying your service nothing beats money in your bank account from specifically people who are more than happy to give it to you as a way of proving your imposter syndrome is not founded on anything. And going deeper when they send you messages, like the one I received this morning, it's on Instagram stories at the moment, saying, you know, like, it's like it's amazing, thank you so much. I just got my first deal inbound because of the way you showed me how to make content. Like that kind of response, that's what, what gets rid of or, or fixes imposter syndrome. Not, not believing or being told or reading a book on it or watching a video on it. It's getting paid repeatedly again and again. And people are telling you over and over again, wow, this really makes a difference. That's what, what really helps. So really good question there. Let me see if there's one more. Safer Kaya, well, you asked for it. Let's go deep for the 255. He says, what's number one most practical advice you would give your 25-year-old self in terms of making it in life as you define it? Can be achieving goals, business sales, relations, creating a book club, being happy, anything of your choice. Well, the number one thing I would, a bit of advice I give my 25-year-old self is that, Action solves a lot of problems. Fear makes you spectate and overlearn, as I've mentioned earlier. And fear and procrastination are manifest in a number of ways. Like I say, they manifest in you spectating and watching and scrolling and reading books and thinking, I'll just do another course. I call it positive procrastination. Um, it also, like, inaction makes people do things like post that they're going to make it and post that no one's going to hold them back and stuff like that. And those that are crazy successful don't seem to do that that much. They tend to be doing it instead of wistfully hoping that they're going to be something different a different day, uh, another day. You see what I mean? So I feel like there's a lot less of that it's interesting because the people who post those things tend to not like me saying something like that. But I think it's a fair point. It's, a, it's an observation I've made that people who are crushing it don't post about how they've been beat down and, you know, they're going to make it one day because they're actually taking action instead of writing posts like that. And the posts they share are a bit more meaningful instead. And sure, that's a reflection of good self-talk and so on. But there's arguably not so much depth in those posts compared to something that's sharing a bit more about what they're doing day to day. And I think that I think that the action is is the most practical advice I'd, I'd take. And, and it's it's not blind action, but it's it's asking yourself, like, if I'm 25 and I'm building something, why on earth would I not be making sure I'm I'm doing right now instead of spectating. It should be a small minority of, of, of my time that I'm spending, um, uh, you know, reading or learning and things that I'm spectating. And may I need to be creating? That's crucial. So that's a really good question as well. I think I've answered most of them, actually, if not all. So thank you very much there. Uh, Smart Move Richard says, Alberta, good to see you uh, watching. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Amy Blackshaw, well done. Uh, Tamar has, has said, great level up, Richard Moore. Love the logic behind that. I'm sure you have great successes. Uh, and yes, Yana said, um, uh, 
uh, unlearn to take things to uh, what did you say sorry unlearn to take things too personal yes i think so so best question i actually like greg brenner's greg you've won a hundred dollars i will wire it to you later today congratulations hundred dollars goes to you uh for the frequent cause of stress question and thank you very much for everyone for the support i can't wait five weeks to go and the first video will drop on the Monday on YouTube. In five weeks time, it will be the last ever Startup Business Q&A. Uh, well, I'll never say never, but I'm pretty sure it will be. For five years, it's been running. And so thank you very much, everyone who watched. I'll put the link in the comments right away so you can go check out my YouTube video. Or if you go to the Richard Moore, the Richard Moore, M-O-R-E, dot com, you can see the channel link there. You can jump straight onto it that way. So subscribe if you're going to watch. <laughs> don't subscribe just to give me support. Send me a message, okay? But subscribe if you're going to watch because the retention what matters, okay? Uh, and if you're interested in the Art of Sell, the two-session series where I, where part one will be focused on um, these two sessions around closing with elegance, send me a message saying Art of Sale, so Art of Sell even, and I will get back to you on that. But have a wonderful day. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for everyone's support. There are the announcement. Amazing questions too. Congrats to Greg Brenner. And I will see you all very soon. Take care. Bye-bye to LinkedIn.